Welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we are booksmen. Yeah, we're also drunk. <laughs> Tom. What? It's, Tim, this is, Patreon is basically the modern day pay-per-view. Yeah, that's true. It's literally. Yeah, people are paying to view this. Hey, let's get raunchy. So yeah, the gloves are off, Tim. I'm willing to say I've had. I don't even know how many beers. I was going to say like two beers and I'm drunk. No, it's actually been a bunch, but I've been drunk since two One beers. of the beers you drank was like, a, it like was a tall 36 boy. ounces or something. No, it wasn't. It was like 19 ounces, but or maybe 24 ounces. I don't know. It was a good beer. Um, Hey, do you want to uh, do some outtakes? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> we can't do outtakes. I... I uh, I prepared some stuff for uh, this week's complete guide episode. Okay, um, and it was a bit that I didn't. I decided not to do. Oh, oh, all right, yeah. It is more of a deleted scene. Yeah, it's a deleted scene. <laughs> yeah, outtake, deleted scene. Yeah, it's no, not a blooper. Out- no, you're thinking blooper when I say no, outtake. No, an outtake is like a bad take. Okay. Well, this might be an outtake. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. So the premise was, and people, if you're listening to this when it when it comes out, you're mm-hmm. not going to hear this for another couple of days. Yeah. Um, the premise was that uh, last week we did our episode on batteries, mm-hmm. and people were complaining. Probably some people here, yeah, um, that are listening were complaining that it was a lame subject, <laughs> and Tom was very. Um, enthusiastic about it. Mm-hmm. They were upset that it was such a lame, boring yeah. topic. I got I got sent a bunch of virtual wedgies. Exactly, and swirlies. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, the premise of this, you know what? Scene, though I did get some good feet. Some some people who sent like there was a guy on on the Reddit that posted his like solar setup. Uh, with like a bunch of batteries, I loved yeah, it. It's cool. I I love seeing it. It was really cool. I liked it. And then like some people suggested batteries that I should have covered. I liked hearing all that. Somebody suggested maybe it was even on the Patreon like uh, a good uh, YouTube channel to like learn about electricity and stuff. So it wasn't all bad news. Yeah, I know. I mean, this is the most fucking depressing thing I've ever heard in my life. But yeah, it wasn't all the bad, uh, bad news. Um, Tim, I made a lot of friends last week. <laughs> um. So the bit that I was going to do mm-hmm. is that I was going to um let you prove to yourself yeah. um prove to the audience that you uh-huh. were actually cool. Uh-huh. Um with a quiz about cool topics. Okay. Um and it was five questions mm-hmm. and if you got 3 out of 5 right you were going to win a prize and it was going to be a monster <laughs> energy drink cuz that's the coolest drink. Yeah. But then I forgot to Stop no, and get a I monster think nowadays energy. Bang Energy is the cool bang thing. Bang Energy? Yeah, you saw that on How To with John Wilson. Yeah, but like that's all I know it from. Yeah, I'm, uh... no, I mean, you see Bang Energy all over the place. Really? Yeah. It's smart to call it Bang. Yeah. What would like you rather banging. do, Bang or Monster? I mean, <laughs> although the REM album Monster had the song Bang and Blame. Wow. Hmm. You think uh, the people behind Monster and Bang are just big REM fans? Yeah, and I'm going to start uh, Blame, uh, an energy drink called Blame. <laughs> When's the last album REM's put out? Well, they broke up. Did they? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. How many people are in REM? Three? 
Four. Three, no, uh, three core members, and okay. after there were four, and then Bill Berry, their drummer, left, and, and they just never had drums again. <laughs> Michael Stipe just beatboxed. <laughs> no, they got they had session, session drummer. I think Joey Warnaker was. Uh, uh, is Michael Stipe still doing music? Yeah, kind of. Or is he like retired? They're all like kind of on the fringes. They yeah. they they pop up for things. Yeah, like uh, free Tibet benefits and. Stuff. I, I've talked about this that REM is one of those bands that I'm always like I should be more into REM. Like there are some REM songs that I really like. The problem with REM mm-hmm. is that like people a little older than us yeah i mean that's the thing we were like a little young for aria but they're all like oh i like the early stuff the jangly stuff like reckoner and stuff and like and they were like oh as soon as like green and automatic for the people came out that's when i jumped off and i was like oh that's when i got on yeah that's when we were introduced everybody hurts is like my favorite song of all time and and they're like oh no that's lame anyway uh so the cool stuff quiz (laughs) Was gonna be the categories are. I was gonna let you choose the categories, okay. uh, or choose which question you got and whatever. The categories are piranhas, because <laughs> the piranhas <laughs> yeah, are cool. pretty cool. Sex. Whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, rock and roll. Okay, yeah. Fighting. <laughs> All right. And Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Okay, Tony Hawk the Pro Skater or Tony Hawk Pro Skater the, game. the video game. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but they're related. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, the game is based on the How many questions guy. you have for each of these? Just one. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, let's do them in order. Okay. Uh, let's do Piranhas. Yeah, and, like, that's the first here's one. Here's why I order. didn't do it on the other show. There's no joke to these. I just came <laughs> up, I just like looked up fun facts about yeah. them. Yeah, well, let's do it for the people that pay money. Piranhas are generally thought to be ferocious. Uh-huh. Thanks to a visit to Brazil by a U.S. president. And what happened was the locals cut a bunch of piranhas mm-hmm. and put them in the section of the Amazon that they blocked off okay. with nets. Mm-hmm. And then they starved them for a few days. Oh, yeah. Then when the president came, <laughs> in order to impress him- This is a U.S. president? Yeah. Okay. Current? Like, well, no, no, not... no. The, the question will be- Okay. Uh, he was current at the time? Yeah. I'm not asking when if it was si- Joe Biden. When... <laughs> <laughs> When the sitting U.S. president came at the time, in order to impress him, they threw a cow in the river. Okay. And the piranhas who had been starved. Yeah. And like a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it ripped it to shreds and only the skeleton was left. Yeah. Cool. And then that president came back to the U.S. Mm. and was just like, yo, everybody, fucking piranhas are crazy. Um, yeah. And that's why and we then, all think. and and, and uh, all the people that make cartoons were, were <laughs> got to work. Were at the press conference. <laughs> yeah. All right. Which U.S. president were the Brazilians trying so hard to look cool in front of? Uh, it's not multiple choice. No, no, no. Because I wanted you to lose. Woodrow Wilson. Close. Think about like FDR. Close closer. <laughs> You got the like right ish time period, early yeah. 20, early twentieth century. Uh Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, and okay. you gotta figure yeah, like he like y- you're oh, gonna that's impress. The guy who's gonna, yeah. yeah. He's gonna yeah. like they're gonna be like, Oh, he's gonna go back. Oh, we know how to get him talking about Brazil. <laughs> right. Fucking get some crazy yeah. animal shit. Oh going. yeah, he's a big hunter and everything. Um all right, on to sex. All right. Next category, sex. True or false? <laughs> this one, you know, it's just a binary. Um, there is enough sperm in a single man 
to impregnate every woman on the planet. Oh, um, hmm. I'm going to say true. I'm not, when I say single man, I'm not talking about Jonathan Silverman. <laughs> well, we'll get to him later in this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. According to scoopwhoop.com, uh, mm. in the article, 20 Dirty Facts That'll Change the Way You'll Acqu- Look at Doing According it. to the website, cumdaily.com. <laughs> Um, this one I just thought was interesting in the uh-huh. in the in the category of rock and roll. You see why I didn't do this other? There's nothing <laughs> funny about this. It's yeah. just uh, facts that I know. Yeah. Uh, it's too interesting to be funny. <laughs> ACDC's "Back in Black" mm-hmm. has sold over 45 million copies worldwide. Well, it's a cooler band than ACDC. This was oh, to prove yeah, your yeah. bona fides, mm. bona fides, bona fides. Sure, making it one of the best-selling albums in history. Mm-hmm. How many albums have sold more copies? Ooh. I'm going to say five. Tom, you're absolutely wrong. Um, <laughs> only one. Only Thriller. This is the really? number two selling album of all time. ACDC's Back in Black. That's insane. Verified by numerous sources. I went, I went, because I, yeah. like, I was like, that's, that's bonkers. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, that's very weird because, like, you think about, like, uh, I know Angus Young, and that's it, right, <laughs> for ACDC. Yeah. Do you uh, know anybody, uh, the guitarist? Brian Young. Yeah. And then uh, oh, Angus Young, mm-hmm. Brian Young. Yeah. Bon Scott. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was the singer who died. And then who did you just say? Or did you say Angus Young? I said Angus Brian Young. Johnson's the newer singer after okay. Bon Scott died. Mm-hmm. The drummer went to jail mm. for trying to hi- hire a hitman to kill his wife or something. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, ACDC. Well, uh, but I'm just saying, like, you know, but we all know, like, everybody in the Beatles and everybody yeah. in the Rolling Stones, like, yeah. their household names. And, and I'm sure like, in Australia, everybody knows every person who was briefly in ACDC. Yeah. Their touring tambourine guy. But, like, also, we're saying. Second biggest album worldwide of all time, Back yeah. in Black, and also like, and it's like how, how does Black, everybody not know like every song on that album? Exactly, like we know every knows, song on Thriller. Yeah, and like Abbey Road, I don't even think is like top ten yeah. of all and, time. And I think Thriller had like nine singles or something <laughs> yeah. crazy. Uh, hold on, top albums of all time, because mm-hmm. like this top ten list, yeah, is weird. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, like album sales, ah, so much was like right place, right time. I feel like for we'll talk about uh, Garth Brooks yeah, in the nineties. Well, yeah. Um, number three of all time, mm-hmm. the Bodyguard soundtrack, and I, and there's that, and I'm every woman, right? I'm every woman. It's all in me. Number four. Mr. Loaf himself, Meat Loaf, Bad Out of Hell. I mean, that's also crazy. It's a great album. Yeah, but again, just like... Do you know the song Bad Out of Hell? Yeah. Look at Bad Out of Hell. You know, um, I'm Paradise not... by the Dashboard. Yeah, you know, I'm not... And don't <laughs> Listen. be sad, because two out of three, three ain't bad. bad. I'm not saying it's undeserving. But I'm you know, like, there are big hits on it. Yeah, 
well, well, yeah, I guess to your point about ACDC, there were, there were a lot of big hits on that album, but it's still just crazy to think like, yeah, that guy, because I think a lot of people think of him as like a novelty act. Well, they'd be wrong. The AC, ACDC back in black, right? Mm. Starts off with Hell's Bells. Yeah. We know. Hell's Bells. Yeah. Then Shoot to Thrill. Mm-hmm. Shoot know. to Thrill. Is that, is that? <laughs> What do you do for money, honey? What do you do for money, honey? Giving the dog a bone. Giving the dog a bone. Let me put my love into you. Let me put this my love into dirty. you. And then Back in Black, you shook me all night long. Uh-huh. I mean, have a drink on me, shake a leg, rock and roll, ain't noise pollution. Like, yeah, whatever. Two very recognizable songs. Maybe Hell's Bells. Yeah, maybe maybe three, Um, but yeah, that's crazy. Eagles Greatest Hits, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Eagles Hotel California, the only band with two are the Eagles. Yeah, and and the only band with the greatest hits on there, too, which is also kind of crazy. Bee Gees, Saturday Night Fever, mm-hmm. Fleetwood Mac, Rumors, Shania Twain, Come On Over. Oh. And not, Come On Over, Come, come on, on Over, baby. baby. That was Christina Aguilera. Ah. <laughs> I was listening to Sirius XM's 90s on 9 today. Oh, with okay. My son, In anticipation. And that song came on. Mm. And uh, I was singing, Come On Over, Come On Over, baby. Because mm-hmm. he's a baby. Oh, okay, yeah. And you want him to come over to but your But all the home. parts about like kissing on the mouth, I didn't <laughs> sing those parts to him. <laughs> Are there parts about kissing on the mouth? I mean, I think it's implied. It's kissing. <laughs> and like in a not like the way I kiss his forehead. Right, or yeah, yeah. So I, I, uh, you're I not kept gonna, him you're not the gonna... only The only words of that song are, come on over, come on over, baby. Now, Tim, I thought you always said you were going to be a Tom Brady dad. <laughs> I will not be a Tom Brady dad. <laughs> like after every great achievement, I'm going to kiss my children on the mouth <laughs> on television. Yeah, I'm going to make them come in front of cameras and be like, yep, plant one right on the kisser. Yeah. And then uh, Papa John's going to be the last in that line. <laughs> all right. Uh, Tom, we're reading the 90s. Were there any more questions? Those were all the oh, questions? Wait, hold on. Yeah, there were more questions. Yeah, all right. Jesus Sorry, Christ. I'm trying to get to the topic. Um. Fighting. <laughs> okay, fighting. According to selfdefenseguides.info, uh-huh. how long does tip does a typical street fight last? Ooh. Multiple choice here or I just no, have to answer. Yeah. I'm and gonna I say, was gonna say like within uh, less than a minute, I'm gonna say. Give me a time. Thirty seconds. Twenty seconds. I think yeah. I would have given it to you. I think I would have said like yeah, whatever. Yeah, street fights don't last very long. Like Yeah. Usually one person sucker punches another person <laughs> and then it's like more or less over. 90% of the time your opponent's going to start with the right. Yeah, makes sense. Be prepared. Counter. Hiya! Block Sucker, that. Yeah. Right. Oh, that oh you move. saw yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. And the final well, category. I almost broke the sound barrier with that block. <laughs> the final category, that was a reference to... Uh, an episode that we did that doesn't come out for two days. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're talking about breaking the summer. Um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, the game. When Tony Hawk Pro Skater was released in Europe and mm-hmm. Australia, Activision retitled it Tony Hawk's Skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Why did they do that? 
Uh, was skater meant to mean like ice skater or something over there? Holy shit, Tom. Yeah, I mean. You uh, in the monster energy drink. <laughs> wow. I didn't think that's that crazy of a, yeah. it's like, oh, probably skater had a different connotation. Yeah. And, yeah. They were afraid people, uh, kids would think it was an ice skating game. Yeah. Because well, they also didn't know who to- uh, Tony Hawk was. Yeah, it's true. Everybody was lame over there then. Yeah. They should have been boarding. Your dog is snoring like, <laughs> honk. <laughs> yeah. She sometimes snores like a cartoon dog. I like it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I would put a mic up to her, but she would stop. Her. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. We should just always mic your dog. You should put a, a laugh mic on your <laughs> I dog. I should put a wireless lavalier <laughs> mic on my dog at all times. <laughs> Um, Tim, this week we're talking about, once again, part three of Chuck Klosterman's The 90s. Um, I thought these were interesting chapters. Probably where he delivered on the, the stuff. That we know the most yeah. about, I think. So far, Tom, mm-hmm. I took the dust jacket off my book. You're, you're reading on an e-reader. Yeah. I'm reading the hard copy. Let me tell is you, is this by a the... bad thing to put on the cover? Oh, it's a CK. It looks like, like Louis it's a CK. Louis CK book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a weird. I thing like to book. read books um, without the dust jackets on, just because like they get. Yeah, oh way. yeah, me too. I was. But like, I would never take off. this into yeah. public, and people be like, what "Are you reading a freaking Louis CK autobiography? Yeah. Uh, jacking off uh, <laughs> women on the phone." <laughs> Yeah, it is a weird choice, especially because that's on like the front of the, uh, I don't know what you would call that, but like the actual book, book. itself. It's a book. Yeah, not not the dust jacket. Yeah, when you take the dust jacket off on yeah. the, the card Where cover. frequently there's nothing printed there at all. It's just printed on the spine. Yeah. What what the, the name of the book and the author is. You don't have to print. It costs them extra to do that. <laughs> so it's a weird choice. And like, yeah, you know what, Tim? I don't like that at all. It's weird. Because like print the 90s Chuck Klosterman if you're going to print anything there. Just to print CK. I think it's uh, Chuck Klosterman showing solidarity with Louis CK. Well, what about Calvin Klein, Tim? Mm. Yeah. Calvin Klein was probably pissed at Louis CK. Calvin Klein's still with us? Yeah. He's got white hair. (laughs) All right. Uh, chapter seven, three true outcomes, it's called. Now, I would sum this chapter up as it was mostly about 90 sports. Yeah. Ba- and- specifically basketball and uh, baseball. Specifically, Michael Jordan. Yeah. And the 1994 strike. Strike slash lockout. lockout. Yeah. Which are the two sports stories from the 90s that like. I'm kind of interested in. Yeah, I mean, and they were both... I'm not a sporto, but this kind of appealed to me. Yeah, I mean, they were both like the biggest stories. I mean, O.J. Simpson, but he was retired at that time. Right. But, I mean, the, the, yeah, the lockout was insane. That was the first time, like, there wasn't a baseball season. And Michael Jordan was uh, an incredibly unique, not only an incredibly unique player, you know, uh, arguably the best that's ever played. Certainly at the time, I think it was less arguably. Right. It was like, no, this guy's the best. LeBron James was still a baby at the time. Exactly. And then for him to retire young, play baseball, and then come back 
and then retire again and then come back again. Incredibly unusual. All right. The two things that were wild to me about mm-hmm. the Michael Jordan thing, yeah. or the one thing that was wild to me about Chuck Klosterman's retelling of this mm-hmm. is that he gives his uh, good buddy Bill Simmons yeah. conspiracy theory that um, Michael Jordan only played baseball because he was ban- secretly banned from basketball for gambling. For gambling, and with, that's also why his father was right. murdered. He just kind of immediately says, like, that's cruel and, like, dismisses Yeah, I was it, kind, kind of surprised at how like, dismissive he was of, like, that's sick and cruel, and it's like, mm, it also makes sense. Yeah. like <laughs> uh, Although at this point, I don't think, I, we would have, we would know by now, I think, if that were actually the case. I don't know. Unless it was just a very, it was like a one-on-one meeting between Michael Jordan. And David Stern. Yeah, of like, hey, there can't be any paper trail about this, but like, you gotta. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was an official thing. I think it was like, look, man. But I feel like even things at that level, it's still like there's, there are going to be so many people involved, you know, uh, Michael Jordan's like agent's going to be aware of this and like mm, the owner, not. the owner of the bulls is going to be aware of well, this. Well, the owner and, of the bulls mm-hmm. also owned the white Sox. This was the, this was oh, the first yeah, funny that's thing true, yeah. where it's like, um, Michael Jordan was paid the same salary. He would have been paid right. playing with the bulls in that season yeah, to play it. Double A fucking baseball, <laughs> and how much money could he generate, even with like a sold out crowd at the Double A stadium yeah, every was, night? Yeah, he of the was season? being paid, I think, four million dollars a year. They yeah. said, and it's like, yeah, no, that the the entire team doesn't generate that much money a year. Exactly. So that was the one surprising thing yeah. to me that like the owner was just like, yeah, you can retire, and I'll keep paying you four million dollars a year to like. You know, we'll make eight thousand dollars a night at this at this yeah, minor league. It's a stadium. weird thing that that owner wouldn't be like, "Hey, how about we'll double what we're paying you to yeah. keep playing fucking basketball, the sport yeah. you're better at than anyone's ever been, and that like, you know, uh, p- kids like me and you that weren't even that into basketball wanted Air Jordans. Like, yeah, there was just so much money involved in all this. that It's like, I can't imagine that every time anyone he talked to about, like, I'm going to retire and do something else that they weren't like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, let's make this right, Michael. Let's, let's, uh, and there's kind of no stories about that of like, well, the Bulls offered him six million for yeah, the next year no. to keep playing, which is which is suspect, I think. Yeah. The other thing I think reflects really positively on Michael Jordan, which is not a sentence I've ever said <laughs> in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, because another thing this chapter is about is one of my favorite things: labor disputes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the fact that, at least on record, apparently. He wasn't willing to be a scab. Yeah. Yeah. When the players went on strike and the owners wanted to bring in scabs, Jordan was like, oh, they're going to ask double A. Yeah, bring up the double A players. I'm not going to be a fucking scab. Yeah. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go back to basketball. Yeah. Which is like, either 
Like that runs counter to everything I know about Michael Jordan. Well, I mean, they talk about in this chapter during the 1992 dream team, he was like, I'll compete in the Olympics as long as Isaiah Thompson. Yeah. Thomas, Tom, Isaiah Thomas, who is it, also like a, a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. But he was like, as long as he's on the team. So yeah. it just seems like, yeah, with this stuff too. He'd oh, be he like, threw his weight around as much as he, possible. Right. That he, that he wouldn't be like, he wouldn't care he that much about crossing a picket for line. For the most selfish reasons. Exactly. That that if he was like, oh, I can play for the fucking White Sox through this. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, give me $8 million. Yeah. I'll do that. Give me, yeah, give me more money. And guess what? We'll... And make sure I never face a pitcher that will strike me. <laughs> yeah. But also, guess what? We'll be the only team that has more people come to see games right. than than before. Yeah. And everybody else, nobody will go see them because it's double-A players. Yeah. Um, those are the only, like, I've never really... Uh, what did you think about the the parts uh, sticking to the baseball stuff where he's talking about the, uh, oh, the uh, steroid, steroid era? I thought it was a little weird that he just kept saying, like, everybody accepted that these guys weren't on steroids. And I mean, they kind of did. Yeah. There was no, like, it was all just a bunch remember- of doe-eyed fucking dopes <laughs> being like, Man, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa are really hitting a lot of home runs this yeah, year. They, there must they, be something in the water. Yeah, uh, in the past, uh, since the off season, they sure got real big. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do remember that this was kind. Of, in fairness, the beginning of like creatine being a yeah. thing, where it's like, no, Mark McGuire does creatine. And I just remember like there being a lot of like GMC commercials about creatine and stuff. That was like, you don't need to do steroids. You can just take creatine. Hmm. It's like, well, but also take some steroids. Uh, but I I thought it was very funny that uh, he mentions uh, McGuire was the most physically imposing hitter of all time who had somehow grown stronger as he got older. Sosa was a 30-year-old adult with acne. <laughs> yeah. It's a very like, nope, there's no other explanation for this. I mean, that does kind of happen nowadays with like, uh, you know, like Marvel movies, superhero movies. Like I read stuff about, you know, Camille Nanjiani where like people that, you know, are experts in this stuff. They were like, nice, nah, full of shit. He took steroids. Oh, really? Like there's not a way that if you're in your like late thirties and you've never been in, in very, you know, particularly good shape, you can get that shredded. Mm-hmm. It's just not possible. Well, Tom, I met Kumail <laughs> in a bar in Silver Lake one time. Yeah. He was very nice. And he, and he was not me. injecting steroids at the time. No. And he, uh, I was giving up my table to him and his party because his party was bigger than mine. And we were at a party. Oh, so it was a bunch of big guy, a bunch of muscle guys. Oh, yeah. He intimidated the shit out of me. <laughs> hey, bro, why are you sitting there? <laughs> um, and he was very nice to me, Tom. Yeah. So you'll never hear me accuse make wild accusations. <laughs> Look, uh, to be clear, I'm not making an accusation. And you call them Camille. <laughs> Camille Nanjiani. That's not his name. It's Kumail. Kumail Nanjiani. Um, no, nice I, man. Uh, I told. I congratulated him on his Oscar nomination for The Big Sick, and his wife was there, and I congratulated her too. 
because they both wrote it. Yeah. And I'm not just going after the recognizable star. I'm not just going after the guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just going after the hunks. <laughs> he um, wasn't a hunk at the time, Dom. That's true. Yeah. He was just he like had, me. He, it was like looking at a fucking mirror. Yeah. Well, Tim, you can start taking steroids. I'd like to. I also like that Closterman is like, by the way, steroids aren't magic. Right. Like they don't make you like. Um, a more accurate hitter. Yeah. And like, uh, well, yeah. yeah. Cause he was talking about how like, actually the biggest thing they do is allow you to recover quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, no. And, and that's the thing too. I feel like when, when these guys like a Hugh Jackman or whatever, or, uh, like Chris Hemsworth and people accuse them of steroids and people are like, no, look, you know, they're posting on Instagram. It's like, I think the general public maybe doesn't know. It's like, yeah, taking steroids alone isn't really going to do anything for you. But if you work out and take steroids, it's, you know, it's a shortcut. It's a way. And the, and yeah, it shouldn't be allowed in sports because if it's allowed, then everyone has to do it. Right. But I mean, as far as like movies and Marvel movies and stuff, it's like, yeah, somebody wants to do steroids. Okay. If Camille Nanjiani is like, you know, he's too old. So he has to do steroids to get in that kind of shape and he's happy to do it. And he's proud of what his body looks like. Eh, whatever. And also like, I doubt Camille Nanjiani's like, if he did do steroids, which I'm not accusing him of, to be clear, uh, you know, I'm sure he's not doing them still. That's like, no, I'm going to do you them. Get addicted, Tom. I'm going <laughs> to, you don't get addicted to steroids. You don't know. But I mean, also it's like at the end of the day, honestly, is, is it probably like that bad for these guys to do steroids for like three to six months in the lead up to doing a movie every few years? Eh, it's probably fine. Oh, I don't know. They're doing other bad things. I mean, all these, like, I know the first time I heard about it was Henry Cavill in uh, uh, Man of Steel. The mustachioed man who likes <laughs> young women. Yeah. That was like, you know, the, the scenes where he didn't have his shirt on, he wouldn't drink water for like three days. And apparently the same thing happened with uh, with uh, uh, Robert Pattinson for the Batman movie. That yeah. was like he was counting sips of water because if you get dehydrated, you look more cut. And it's like, so that we're all like impressed by, but taking no, steroids. I mean, you are. Did you watch the Batman? <laughs> yeah, I watched the Batman. Did I saw like it this it? past weekend. Did you love it? Um, I liked it a lot. I feel like the plot left a little something to be desired. Yeah, I heard it was like a little simplistic. It was a little simplistic. And also one of those plots were like after the movie, you're like, but wait a minute. <laughs> if... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so there were like a few things yeah. like that. But, but I will say this, Robert Pattinson was great, very good Batman. I liked his mopey emo. Uh, um, I mean, you just like that Bruce aesthetic. Wayne? You like mopey emo shit. No, but I like I liked that he was doing something different with Bruce Wayne. I like that it wasn't like, oh, Bruce Wayne's the mask and that's the playboy. That was like, no, this guy has no mask. He's, he's Batman. So why doesn't everybody know he's Batman? Because he's You're the like the same sad fuck that uh, saved me last night. Because he's like a, a recluse. He's uh, he's off in his tower. Like nobody, when he shows up to the mayor's funeral, people are like, "Holy shit, that's Bruce uh, Wayne!" Interesting. So like people just haven't seen him. the mayor. Mayor 
fucking damn you wouldn't believe who gets killed in this movie. I mean, you know, it's not. <laughs> the mayor? It's like, yeah, the mayor and like other politicians oh, and yeah. stuff. Okay. Oh, yeah. By the Riddler. Uh, by the Riddler himself. Paul Dano. Yeah. And like the Riddler there was will good. will be blood. Yeah. The Riddler was go- good. Paul Dano was good. But I feel like Paul Dano wasn't doing anything you've never seen him do before. Like, it was just like, hey, be a creep. You do yeah, that in a lot yeah. of movies. Like in Prisoners. It was yeah. like that type of character. How was uh, Keith Ledger? Tim, sadly, Keith Ledger was not in it. The Joker was in it, though. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. Uh, is it like, isn't that how Batman begin it begins ended too? Where it's like, guess what? Who guess who's coming? Yeah, and like I was reading it. I you know, sorry if there's a spoiler, but uh, Barry Keegan, Keegan, Cold Water. Uh, I don't know his name. How you say his last name? But he plays the Joker. I mean, it is cool. You never get like a full picture of him. It's always like kind of focused, a little dark, but you get like a little hints, and you're like, oh shit! All right. Um, so the Joker it, and the Riddler are too similar. You can't be like, oh, the Riddler and the next well, one is the but, Joker. But the, the scene in the movie is the two of them chatting. Mm. So it's kind of like, oh, they are similar. Look, two peas in a pod. Trading jokes and riddles. And yeah. Go, oh, we're not so different well, after I've all. I told you that that's a big plot line a few years ago, the war of jokes and riddles. It was a war between the Joker and the Riddler. And Gotham <laughs> clever name for was, it. <laughs> was caught in between. But... Uh, <laughs> But I'm reading things with with the the director, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, I told Barry like when I cast him, Steven like, Spielberg. No, uh, Matt something. Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. He's like, I told him like, look, you know, I don't know if you're gonna be in any other movies. I it might just be this one thing. It's like, yeah, buddy, right. fucking Warner Brothers will fire you <laughs> if you don't put the Joker in one of these movies." Well, how is Ben Affleck in it? He directed it also. <laughs> he directed it and wrote the script. Uh, I will say, you know what? I'll give, I will, I don't know if he was my favorite Bruce Wayne, but I think he might have been my favorite Batman. Who? Batfleck? Uh, yeah. No, Robert Pattinson. Oh, okay. He just did like a very good, he did like a not mopey Batman, and I just liked the- Didn't you just say you liked his mopey emo vibe? He was mopey when he was Bruce Wayne, but uh, he was not yeah. mopey when he was Batman. Oh, he was charming when he was Batman. He was like, oh. He wasn't even that charming. Batman. He was just kind of weird when he was <laughs> Batman. But I like that this was a Batman. I feel like they've, they've done too much of the like, oh, he's just like- uh, an urban legend. He's a sh- nobody knows if he really exists. And this time it was like, no, he's at the fucking police station and like, like, uh, like Adam West. <laughs> a little he shows bit up there. He's like, hello, commissioner. Yeah. What's no, my- because like they, they've done all that good Batman. Like they, they did that in the Nolan movies and like the comic book. Batman is more of like a fatherly figure because he's got all these weird kids that he's indoctrinated and i hope that that's kind of what they're going for okay tom Mm -hmm. every week we're like we're not gonna go wildly over yeah you brought it up i brought it up i was hoping you'd be like yeah it was good (laughs) all right uh sports happened in the yeah all right so baseball yeah baseball came back everybody was on steroids everybody thought they weren't on steroids but also knew they were on steroids do you um, think somebody could just start up like a sports league and they're like, guess what? Everybody's on steroids. It's going to be more fun to watch. Um, XFL. 
I mean, I was going to say like WWE, that's yeah. how that uh-huh. is. That's just like, I mean, again, similar to, to I mean, these the movies. The NFL. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are Major way- League Baseball in the 90s. Like, yeah. That's literally what they did. Well, I think NFL nowadays, it's like people just have to be smart about what they're doing. No, they're very clear loopholes that you have to like Yeah, exactly. That they just tell like you how don't to be smart. Yeah, don't be dumb. Don't just take whatever somebody gives you. Yeah. Here's what you can do. And here's when you're going to be tested or if you're going to be tested. Right. And, yeah. Um but uh but yeah, WWE I think similar to movies where it's like it's entertainment, whatever. Uh I also wanted to mention that uh I'm still uh, kinda sad that I never went to see a Washington Wizards game yeah, while, you were while I was the... living in in uh right outside DC in College Park, Maryland. Um, and he was playing for the wizards and I would hear stories from other college students about him, you know, being at clubs and stuff and, you know, being particularly interested in college age girls. But, uh, but yeah, tickets were up in a wig with pigtails. (laughs) Hello, Michael. (laughs) Uh, but you know, uh, tickets were cheap still, I feel yeah. like. It was right after, like, they were like, well, we shouldn't call the Washington Bullets the Bullets anymore because it's the murder capital of uh, America. Yeah. Uh, and I, it was like $20. I could have seen Michael Jordan play. Yeah. And, and actually, and he talks about how. Like, he's just like, yeah, people were shitting on him. Like, oh, he shouldn't have come back. But, like, he still averaged. 22 points a game yeah that was like even like an old michael jordan is still a pretty good player tim chapter eight yesterday's concepts of tomorrow i feel like this is a big one for you um although i was really bummed they didn't uh talk about the at&t you will uh uh commercials yeah i feel like those were late 80s maybe no it's really Okay. Can we just really quickly go back to the the middle chapter between the two? Oh, okay. Yeah, those ones. Uh, what do you think he was trying to? I don't even remember what that middle chapter being, was. Like, the U.S. meddled in the Russian election that got Yeltsin elected. Yeah, and it's just something we did, and we shouldn't be ashamed of it. Like, what was his point? Was it like fair is fair? <laughs> yeah (laughs) i don't know whatever i don't all the in-between chapters are bad they're all like two they're like a half-baked idea there's like yeah or like it's like did this even have a thesis like what's what's the point yeah it's like i'm just putting just putting some things out yeah out there excuse me but chapter eight is when we get on Man, oh, you got, me. You got fucking Crystal Pepsi and Zima, Zima. right off the just, the just talking about the 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 clear beverage uh, idea. I I have highlighted here uh, a passage where they talked to a, it was from like a newspaper article, Wait, I think. So this is about kind of well, what is this chapter about? Would you say? Um. Just kind of like weird stuff in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Because then it gets into the biosphere yeah, yeah. too and then Jurassic Park. I'm just trying Park. to be cognizant of people who aren't, uh, who aren't reading a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is just like a weird mishmash chapter that I wish the whole book was like. <laughs> <laughs> I figured this is your uh, your because he he talks about Zima, um, and that there's no evidence that people of the '90s wanted clear versions of beverages that were readily available in non-clear form. Uh, but then clear beverages were erroneously viewed as healthier since they didn't have artificial coloring and, uh, ostensibly, ostensibly, ostensibly resembled water. And then one of the highlights here from the village voice, a guy that they talked to, I had 15 the other night. And the thing is you can drive with it. Your breath doesn't smell like alcohol. A 36 year old furniture mover told the village voice. The only thing that irritates me is why they don't stop the bullshit and tell us what's in it. (laughs) What? Uh, The the first part is the only thing stopping you from driving drunk is that your breath smells like (laughs) alcohol. Like the breathalyzer, like it's, there's more than just like, oh, my breath doesn't stink. Yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? And the thing is, you can drive with it. Having 15 of these things, I don't know what the uh, alcohol percentage was. It was the same as as a Coors Light, they said, or a Coors beer. So I think it was just probably like like a 5% somewhere around there. But I mean, this is also... You know, before like the IPA revolution. 4.7%. Okay. So like a light beer. Yeah. And it's like nobody was saying, I can have 15 Bud Lights and still drive. Yeah, but this guy was saying he could still drive because his breath didn't smell. Yeah, I fucking guarantee his breath smelled like alcohol. Yeah, I think that's like what he thought the breathalyzer (laughs) measured. Does your breath smell like alcohol? No? Um. So yeah, that that um, very weird. And then they they get on to talking about Crystal Pepsi, and and kind of the same thing of like nobody's asking for a clear drink, but let's put one out there. The best thing I want to read this book, Killing Giants, Uh where apparently this oh Coca Cola uh, sabotaging them. Yeah, by introducing. This is the most interesting fact I read in this whole book. Oh, absolutely, book. yeah. Crystal Pepsi came out. Yeah. Pepsi spent $40 million on an, uh, a marketing campaign. Yeah, they got the Van Halen song right now. Which he was, Glitzman hits the nail on the head. He's like, Van Halen fucking like, he didn't say it, but like got hosed here. Like, yeah, it devalued their, it turned their music video into a commercial right like they didn't just sell their yeah because they, they sell- made the commercial just like the music video yeah so like they're one in the same like yeah. to me like i see that right now video and it's just like oh that's crystal pepsi um but then coca-cola was like okay they spent 40 million dollars let's make a shitty clear drink mm-hmm not really marketed at all. Not spend any money on it. Just the intention to torpedo them. It's going to taste like shit. Yeah. And it's going to be right next to... It's going to be stacked right yeah. next to Crystal in, Pepsi. In the clear soda aisle. Yeah. And it's going to be this bullshit that tastes like shit that is like looks off-brand and looks terrible. And people will be like, oh, this crap is just like this other crap. Yeah. And uh, he says it was terrible on purpose. Tab Clear was a diet cola with no caffeine and a heavy aftertaste. Do you you believe this guy? Do you think that was really... Do you think in that book... He has evidence that this was... That this was actually sabotage or... And not just a failed... 
attempt to rip off Crystal Pepsi with the no, from the tab I can see it because it's like you know that's uh, like. 3D chess right there. Yeah. But if anybody's going to play 3D chess, I feel like it's going to be the soda companies. Yeah. I mean, these these are the same companies that, you know, uh, when Coca-Cola was like, we're going to rename our thing Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Pepsi was like, we're going to rename Pepsi Max Pepsi Zero Sugar. <laughs> like, they copy each other. I mean, it's usually Pepsi copying Coke. Yeah. Um, but in this case... You know what? I I could see the executives at Coke being like, we're not going to make a clear Coke. That's going to cause confusion. It's going to be weird. But like, how do we torpedo like these guys getting articles in ad week about them? (laughs) How do we just kind of like quickly take care of the, uh, uh, the press around this being like some somehow an innovative thing. Well, we'll just make fucking tap clear. And then they'll be like, Oh, I guess they can just make anything clear. I guess that's not really a big deal. Uh, we shouldn't care about that. Discontinued tab in 2020. Yeah. People are upset. Um, I stayed at the TWA hotel, Tom, Uh JFK airport. Yeah. Um, they have cases of tab there that they've hoarded. Nice. Because it's supposed to be a throwback yeah. to the 60s. It's actually a pretty cool place. I, I'd recommend going there for a night. You get to, yeah, my brother and sister-in-law went there. Your it, it room overlooks cool. the, 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 the... Pool? Nope. Airport? Yeah, the, the runways. The runways, you watch, yeah. You know, um, and there's a pool on the, on the, on the roof. Uh-huh. Uh, I went there. It was nice. Um, but also, they have a tab... Um, toast every night at, at 5 p.m. <laughs> you go down to the, the bar and then you have that and they have these tab cocktails but a can of tab costs $20 there. Jesus Christ. Fuck them. But it's also like yeah they have like probably like yeah 100 cases of tab and then like as soon as that's done that's all they have. But also like I don't know you can pay a company to put fucking coca-cola in tab cans <laughs> yeah nobody's really <laughs> and gonna... if you're selling them for twenty dollars and being like no these were hoarded from yeah yeah put, put caffeine free diet coke in there and yeah. nobody will know the difference yeah. i i have an uncle that was really into tab in the 80s and 90s that was like all he drank and they had a dog they named tab wow he's really into it he was really into tab yeah uh then there's a fake out, Tom. You think oh, they're going to get into the real world. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, one paragraph, and it turns into a talk about the biosphere. Biosphere 2, Tim. Biosphere yeah. 1 is Earth. Yes. Um, this was cool. It was cool. This was like mostly stuff that I knew about. I forgot that Steve Bannon was was hired to manage like the second uh, yeah. mission, the, which is in, which is crazy. But also, it's like oh, uh, I could like also this mission went like horribly awry. So it's like oh yeah, he was uh, he's always been a guy that just kind of been around. Like hey, how about I'll do this and then make a massive mess. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I do remember biosphere two being like a really big thing in the media. I do too, but only as like a curiosity. Right. And that's what I kind of miss. Yeah. Um, 
now that we have like Twitter and things mm. that do like deep dives into things. Yeah. Like that it was just like a weird story that was always just like yeah, hanging you, out. You on always the like kind of wanted to know more about like, wait a minute, they have a mini ocean? How does that work? Yeah. yeah. And like it made its way into like Cheers had a like in like the last season of Cheers, mm-hmm. Lilith was like participating in like she left Frasier to to go join a biosphere project. Like it seeped into pop culture because it was yeah. like this weird thing. I feel like well, there's stuff also on the fringes was, these it was days that the sci- everybody knows too much about. Yeah. It was also that the scientists were like entering it for two years and they yeah. weren't going to come out. Um, <laughs> like that they started fighting each other. <laughs> well, and also the idea that the the microbes in the soil were producing carbon dioxide faster than photosynthesis was creating oxygen. So they had to pump in oxygen, which I totally get that like half the people were like, okay, well, the whole experiment's fucked. Yeah. Like, it and failed. also like, what can we learn from this? <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, well, the experiment failed because if yeah. you didn't do that, we would suffocate. Right. So this didn't work. Let's let's cut our losses and like, you know, just start using these individual areas to like right. study certain things rather than do a second mission for for kind of no reason when it's like, well, what's even the point of this? Because he talks about how it's like the idea of like, this is what we'll use on Mars. And it's like, this wouldn't work on Mars. Yeah. So this isn't how how that works. Um, yeah. Uh, Biosphere 2 is seen as a potential solution to two overlapping extinction fears, climate change and nuclear holocaust. Still a, co- a common concern when the concept was hatched in the 1980s. Hey, guess Thank what, God. Buddy? Yeah. <laughs> it's no longer a concern. Yeah, yeah that didn't age too well. <laughs> it just yeah, came out like three yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, the the end of the chapter is about cloning. Yeah, Dolly the sheep. Dolly the sheep, which, which is still such a weird thing because I do remember when that happened, and it was wild because it came out of nowhere. They had kept all this a secret until they were. I don't think people really understood what it was, and I think less ring it. Yeah, because it was like nobody knew any experiments were going on, and then all of a sudden, a research lab was like we've successfully cloned a mammal. Yeah. Now, the thing that is weird to me is Dolly Parton. The, yeah. the Dolly is named, the Dolly the sheep is named after Dolly Parton mm-hmm. because the cells were taken essentially from the boobs yeah, of from one. from a mammary. And they were like, hey, Dolly Parton is the big boob lady. We're yeah. naming her Dolly. And when we were kids, Dolly Parton was known as the big boob lady. Right, a master, and she and that was by design. She she like was like, yeah, yeah. hey, country I'm the star, big boob lady, whatever. Then big boob lady. As I aged, I think I think she was just like, I'm no longer the young ingenue. Like right, yeah. So like, let me be the big boob lady. And now she's like, okay, now I'm gonna transition into like the best person who ever lived. And like now if you ask anybody, like what do you know Dolly Parton for? It's not like her boobs. Yeah. She's just like the nicest lady. And yeah. And in the nineties. Yeah. And that might've been just sexism, but I think that was also driven by her. Like if you look at her, like 
on like the Tonight Show and yeah, stuff. She's just, just like making constant boob jokes, jokes yeah. about herself. Yeah, she wasn't offended by this. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Dolly Parton, a master of her own brand. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, this whole thing was very weird. They have, they have a, a quote from a Princeton molecular biology professor, Lee Silver, to the New York Times, and he says, "Unbelievable." It basically means there are no limits. It means all of science fiction is true. It's like, well, lightsabers yeah. <laughs> and stuff. No, that's not all. I mean, lightsabers are probably But they, true. they said in particular, this guy apparently had, had a book coming out about how cloning would never happen. <laughs> did, you, did you read? Do you remember that part? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's just like a very, I guess he had to be like, well, the most amazing things ever <laughs> yeah. happen. Just I just proved my theory, but uh I guess it's a real life miracle. It's mm-hmm. proof of God. Um but yeah, clone and then he, he gets into like uh I mean I I felt like there's a little bit of a stretch because it happened before like the Jurassic Park boom and Jurassic Park was about cloning. Yeah. Um but he talks about how the 90s anxiety over cloning was almost exclusively a mass media creation. I don't remember there being like really that much anxiety over it. Uh, I think it was. Yeah. Like he mentions Clinton being like, oh, I'm going to sponsor. Yeah. Leg- like I'm going to like encourage legislation. It's like he was doing that because like when something bubbled up in the news. Yeah. You just like made a statement about yeah. it. Because I. Well, and also there was like a lot of confusion, confusion about cloning where people didn't understand that. It's like, well, basically you're just making a twin of somebody. Yeah. A twin is a clone, essentially. They share DNA. And all the uh, ethical questions, it's like, well, you wouldn't have a test tube baby that then you just like had live in a laboratory. <laughs> like... <laughs> All the same things still apply to human life, to creating uh, a human. And if you clone Hitler, that person isn't going to start World War Three because everybody's a, a a result of their their upbringing as well. So you can't just clone a person and then that clone is going to grow up to be the identical person. I feel like a lot of people were just kind of ignorant about that. And so there was fear about that and fear of like, they're just going to start cloning people like crazy. And it's like, well, you still have to like fertilize an egg. You still have to get that egg from somewhere. And then you have to implant that egg into a woman's womb and they have to carry it to term. So like, this isn't really, there are plenty of bad things happening to regular babies yeah. <laughs> every day. This isn't a unique concern to clones. Yeah. Um, I like that he brought up Kid A, um, yeah. the Radiohead album, where the rumor was Kid A was the first cloned baby, and like, yeah, that that uh, you know, had already happened. And Tommy Orchard's like, I don't know, that's not true, whatever. But he did bring up this was after the '90s, but. Mm-hmm. When MTV Two got the vinyl oh, and uh, and just uh, broadcast, do you remember watching that? I do remember, but I feel like Kid A had already leaked online by that point. Not for me. No, or I didn't have it. Maybe for me. Um, and then my favorite quote in the whole book is when uh, Clinton said that he was gonna like uh, ban human cloning, mm-hmm. 
and uh, the Chicago physicist Richard Seed mm-hmm. immediately declared he would start cloning humans before a governmental ban could be put into place. Did you read this footnote? Yeah, yeah. And his quote is, we are going to become gods. Oh, if you, yeah. If you don't like it, get off. <laughs> You don't have to contribute. You don't have to participate. But if you're going to interfere with me becoming God, we're going to have big trouble. Yeah, uh, I I have the seed <laughs> planned to start a commercial business where you would replicate people at a cost of $1 million to clone. He never came close. Also very funny, his name is Dick Seed. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Seed, the cloning man. But, right. but yeah, I love, uh, boy, I'd love to be quoted in the paper one day. We're going to become gods. If you don't like it, get off. <laughs> Do not stand in the way of me becoming God. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Then there's a, a little intermediary cha- chapter about new sincerity, which like, yeah, I feel like I, I didn't know about that previously and I didn't learn yeah, enough and about it. Was it like, oh, was that was like context. a flash in the pan yeah. idea that never really left academia. Yeah. yeah. Not interesting. And uh, then the sitcom ch- uh, chapter. Well, but it starts talking about Garth Brooks and. Oh, uh, yeah. And. Uh, Chris uh, Gaines. Uh, wh- no, and uh, uh, Miley Cyrus's dad. Oh, Billy Ray. Billy Ray Cyrus. And just that like achy, breaky heart. I mean, I think it's funny because he says achy, breaky heart is sometimes considered a novelty tune. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah. And I never, I've never thought of it as a novelty tune. You just thought it was good rock and roll. (laughs) No, but it was just like, I knew that it was like, that was his like crossover breakthrough, but that he did have a bunch of hits. Like he was a successful country artist but it's just well but the way that you've the only context that you've heard Iggy Breaky Heart and like, yeah and it's not like now. kind of ironic yeah, yeah. it's like if it got played at a wedding in the 90s it was just like ah and everybody was like ah, they're playing this song yeah the Chris Gaines, or I mean the Garth Brooks stuff in general is fast wild yeah I mean Garth Brooks is such a it's it's I mean, I I think he gets to the heart of it here where it's basically like it's wild that we don't talk about Garth Brooks more. Yeah. Because because he he was uh, huge. He's the biggest solo artist of fucking all time. He's a populist, too. Like he priced his like. Yeah. Klosterman, yeah. Uh, like um, frames it as like he knew how to like juice the record sales by like um by demanding that his CDs be basically sold at like the lowest price. Yeah. They, they and could. then like in Juice's uh, uh, concert attendance by capping tickets at $20, but also like, okay. Yeah. When Fugazi did that, you weren't like, <laughs> oh, they're uh, juicing the, the, the right. tickets. It's like, no, he wanted his music to be accessible to people. And that's yeah. not like, how is yeah, that? Yeah. Cause thing? he kind of says, like, yeah, he, you know, sold $20 tickets to guarantee every show was sold out. It's like, yeah, but these shows that were sold out were like 35,000 people attending. Yeah. Like these were big ass shows. And also, like, he, he, he could talked have about doubled- Fugazi. Capping their tickets at ten dollars in a completely different context yeah. um, earlier in the in the book. It's like, ah, come on, man. 
Yeah, and Give and Garth, Gar- Garth Brooks could double ticket prices, and maybe he wouldn't have sold out every show, but he would have sold out most of them. Yeah, and the ones he didn't sell out, he would have come close. He would have walked away with a lot more money. Yeah, it is like a weird, but he well, Garth Brooks apparently said uh, yeah, he believed in the Walmart school of business, which was slashing retail price of, of his uh, of his albums and, yeah. and the tickets. The only difference is when Walmart does that, they're exploiting their workers right. and exploiting like the companies and the supply chain. Garth Brooks is just like taking less money himself right you know well and also he's he's putting his money where his mouth is this made me really fucking like garth brooks yeah one and also you know he was like kind of making up for for the the cheap concert tickets in volume where it was just like he was touring constantly and the albums too i didn't realize uh he released 12 albums during the 90s yeah 12 albums in 10 years his worst selling release was a second attempt at a christmas album and it still went platinum (laughs) he put out two christmas albums in the same decade um do you remember when we were in dublin that time and yeah garth brooks concert was like six months away but there was like they were selling shirts and yeah. yeah You could buy shirts that said like Garth is coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, people people really love Garth Brooks. Uh and yeah, I mean he says here, what's curious, however, is how rarely Brooks is identified as an iconic nineties figure. His first album came out in the spring of nineteen eighty nine and he announced his temporary five year retirement in the fall of two thousand. Mm-hmm. So it's like literally his entire yeah. The bulk of his career were were fucking 12 albums in the 90s, which is insane. Now, how much do you think Chris Gaines uh, cut him off at the knees there? Well, Chris explain Gaines Chris Gaines for right? the for the the listener that might not be aware. Garth Brooks in 1999 decided I'm going to release an album and a movie. Mm-hmm. Much like uh, the Return the, of Bruno, the, the movie never got made. It got made. It got shelved. I mean, oh, really? I think, according to this, it was like a never seen movie. Okay. Um, he had an uh, kind of like an alt rock, but like uh, an AOR alt rock. I didn't um, realize that. Apparently, alter ego. Now I've got to look at Chris Gaines' interviews because I didn't realize that also Chris Gaines was Australian. Yeah. So basically, Garth Brooks created a character, an Australian, uh, like alternative rocker. Yeah. Long hair, long black hair, soul patch. Yeah. Got gussied up in a in a costume for yeah. him. Recorded an album of of rock and roll songs. Um, performed on SNL the night Garth Brooks hosted. Yeah. And uh, from what I understand, it's actually a really good album, but you can't find it anywhere. I think it's not oh, streaming. Really? I think like it was yeah, just like, it makes sense. went double platinum though, yeah. according oh, to this yeah, book. Yeah. Um, and uh, apparently there was supposed to be a movie mm-hmm. uh, about the rise of Chris Gaines and his, and his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, it says never seen or shelved or something yeah. in the book. Like it, it, it implies that it got made. Right. It's one of those things that like, if you found out next week that it got leaked, mm-hmm. you'd probably download it and watch five and, minutes yeah. of it and be like, oh, <laughs> never I'm not watch interested it. in this. Like, 
Uh, well, and I I do think it's interesting, and he and uh, uh, Chuck Klosterman does point this out that it's like such a weird thing because one of the reasons Garth Brooks became such a huge star was because he he was like unapologetically himself. Yeah, it was like he wore a cowboy hat because he was balding. But it was like, you know, it wasn't like nobody ever saw him without that hat. So it was like everybody knew he, he was a little pudgy um, and he, he, he was just himself. And he was like, he, so a lot of people could identify with him because yeah. he wasn't trying to be a big rock star. And so it was such a weird thing that it was like, oh, this guy who his whole shtick is kind of like. This guy could be your friend that comes to your barbecue and and you have a great time with them. You go to his show and like if you saw him in the parking lot, he would be very polite and thank you for coming to his show. He sells these cheap tickets, cheap albums. And then all of a sudden for him to be like, now I'm going to do one of the weirdest things a pop singer's ever done. Yeah. And uh, it didn't work. People didn't like it. Yeah. And. And I still don't understand. I mean, there there must be interviews and stuff with him about this, where it's like, what was the aim? Because probably it, just to do Cl- something. Closerman talks about this, where he's like, you know, was it to do something unique and different? Was it that he was trying to cross over? Was it just like I've sold as many records as I can as Garth Brooks? Let me try, which I kind of get because like, look at, uh, you know, somebody like Stephen King when he took on a uh, Richard Bachman. But that was that was early. Yeah. But like, uh, like, can I do this again? Can I recreate it? Can I uh, start from nothing again? But again, it's not starting from nothing because he was Chris Gaines the whole time. But also, like, I don't know. I think it was just like a, a fun Experiment? Yeah. Is Garth Brooks exclusive to Amazon Music? Oh, I don't know. Is he? He I can't think, find him anywhere else. I think that's the weird thing. Like in <laughs> Is he the only in twenty twenty two? Yeah. He's like like I just looked him up on Apple Music. Yeah. And it's all stuff like uh like live versions on other people's uh albums, albums yeah. and huh. like guest parts. Um, which is uh very funny to me. Yeah. Um, that like he became the least accessible popular <laughs> musician. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Amazon Music is also a weird thing. Like I don't subscribe to it, but I have Prime, and there's like a surprising amount of music on there. It's basically what I think the music industry was dumb to not do, which is. Hey, we have a streaming service. It's ten dollars a month. It has every album except albums that have come out in the last three years. Yeah, and it's like, why didn't they? Why didn't the music industry adopt that model of like, yeah, if you want to listen to something old, sure, but if you want the new Taylor Swift, you have to pay ten dollars. Right, and I would for at least like a year. At least, yeah, at least a year, but like even three years, it's like I would still happily pay $10 a month and I would buy new albums when they yeah. come out. Like you would have made so much more money off everyone. You know, net, I, well, I guess Netflix like has simultaneous releases nowadays, but like, but nobody expects that. 
nobody's like, oh, you know, the new Batman movie's out. Well, surely it's also on Netflix right now. I don't know. Stupid. I always thought the music industry was so stupid to be like, oh, they you you could do ten dollars a month and just not have that pertain to new releases and nobody is going to bat an eye. Yeah, you can you can actually this is a rare rare case where you guys can have it both ways. And you for some reason chose not to except through Amazon. Uh, Tom, I found a video. mm -hmm. Looks like. Garth Brooks live in concert. It's two minutes and 12 seconds. Garth Brooks explains Chris Gaines. <laughs> I so want to watch it right now. Uh, two minutes. It's like, he's just going to be like, I just want to do something different. Yeah. Okay. And that's going to be I'll it. He's that. not going to be like, well, I had a contract that I need to get out of through this. And I think he did. I think I would take him at his word. I think he was just trying to do something no, fun. I, yeah, no, I think it was that he was like, let me, let me, let me he, try. It doesn't this. help that he, Chris Gaines looked like a fucking Ben Stiller character. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Derek Zulin. Tom. Oh yeah, because it's it's fucking like the look moody, at, look at him. Yeah. yeah, the moody faces yeah. and stuff. Um, especially when it's like, yeah, you look at that picture and it's like. Did he lose weight or is that just an angle that he's at to like look different? Also, Chris Gaines is mentioned in three sentences in this book and we've just talked about him for 25 <laughs> minutes. I mean, again, it's just a fascinating thing. Yeah. And also I found it, I, at the time at least, I think one of the big reasons why it failed so spe- spectacularly was because he didn't have a story about it, at least that like the public heard of like, actually like I'm real fucking into like, I don't know, all these like bands coming out right now. Yeah. Late nineties, alt rock bands. I'm a huge fan of like these bands, these bands, these bands. So that's why I like want to do this, but I know it's not what Garp, what my fans are expecting. So I'm going to do it under a pseudonym. It just a hundred percent seemed like a country singer that wasn't into alt rock. Is this Chris Gaines? Yeah. yeah, I mean, and and the music's not good. Yeah. Um. All right. Anyway, the TV stuff. Yeah, TV stuff. Well, he talks about Friends and Seinfeld, two shows I'm yeah not familiar with, but uh, I also forgot he talks about Dallas and Dynasty and. It's so weird that there were two shows about like oil baron families yep. on there at the same time. Uh, the weird thing that he said that he doesn't really go back to mm-hmm. is that uh, people started taking tea like all right in the eighties and not, until the late nineties, TV was disposable and you just yeah. watched what was on because it was on. Yeah. And like, there was no way to see well, anything. He talks about Seinfeld, how they were pitching the show in Seinfeld and it would be a show about nothing. And they, they ask him like, well, why would people watch it? And he's like, because it's on TV. Yeah. And he was like, <laughs> sounds ridiculous but that's like <laughs> the way that tv yeah watching work. well they, they t- he talks a lot about um uh must see tv thursday nights on nbc where his friend seinfeld and then just like a rotating cavalcade of the shows single guy madman of the people like shows that would get 20 million viewers just because they were on after this and i forget what what show it was but he talks about a tay leone show 
that got like can- the naked through truth. Yeah, that got on canceled. ABC, got canceled, moved to NBC, and became like the fourth largest TV show. But then Earth. got canceled the next yeah. year because it moved to Mondays and nobody watched it. Yeah, which you would think would signal to advertisers, oh, I guess people aren't paying attention to, <laughs> to these shows. Um, the the one thing that he didn't go back to is. What changed from 1991 to 1999? The long answer is complicated, but there's also a short answer, although that's even more convoluted than the long one. The validity of emotionally investing in the unreal. Do you ever <laughs> think about like when you're watching a TV show that you're just like, why do I care about this? Yeah. This is just some fucking story that somebody's telling. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, holy shit, what's going to happen on Succession next? And it's like, if somebody was telling you a story, if somebody's reading you a book, right. you wouldn't act the way this way to them. Like, well, what are you doing? Like, what are you, what are we babies? We're like, what's going to happen next? Oh, what's Kendall Roy going to do? Yeah, but I mean, that what makes human beings human beings is stories. I like, know, but that, doesn't that make you stories. feel like a fucking idiot? Yeah, but it's like how we understand the world. It's how I we know, interpret everything. but doesn't everything. that make you feel like a fucking idiot? <laughs> no, because it's like, I like <laughs> stories. I mean, like, yeah, I'm... I'm like, what's going to happen on Succession next week? But I'm not like, I can't sleep at night. I mean, I've been throwing up all week. I've seen people that are just like, I'm afraid that I'm going to die before the next season of uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. And like, I won't know how it ends. Like, I have anxiety about this. Like, don't you feel like a fucking idiot for thinking this? That's your problem with dying next week? Yeah, I mean, if you don't have like a term, you know, I get people that have terminal yeah, yeah. illnesses. They're yeah, like, hey, course, I want to see the new Spider-Man before I die. If that's your biggest concern if you if you if, if you are otherwise just, healthy. Yeah, it's like it's like I might get hit by a car and then I won't yeah, I guess my family will be and, fucked. Yeah. My wife and kids, they'll have to fend for themselves, but I won't see, mm-hmm. yeah, the season finale. Um, I I thought I have like a few uh, highlights here that are uh, uh, stuck out to me. Uh, I mean, he talks about how like murder she wrote. Actually, this I was a little surprised. Demographics being yeah, demographics. Yeah, some demographics. Yeah. But 1995, a 30 second commercial on Murder She Wrote was 115 thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. Like even before inflation, a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, but it was a huge amount of viewers. Fifteen million viewers or something. I feel like commercials don't sell for that much anymore because you're not hitting that many viewers. Yeah. But I also Even thought if they are just a bunch of old fucks. <laughs> uh, but also I have highlighted here. Frasier was a white collar show openly obsessed with intellectual sophistication. No, it wasn't. It was making fun of all that shit. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer thought it was about. Uh, he didn't know it was making fun well, of it. Well, because he's an unsophisticated rube. <laughs> But the idea, he just talks about how like Frasier was such a big hit and how weird that is because it was, it was a sophisticated show. It was white collar, not yeah. blue collar. I'm like, not really. It was making, yeah, there I were mean, he like. he did say it was about the juxtaposition. Of- yeah. And it's like, yeah, there were throwaway jokes about like Voltaire or whatever. But, you know, all these sitcoms. It wasn't like 
the audience wasn't supposed to know what that meant. Yeah. It was supposed to signal that Frazier and Niles oh, were snooty. Yeah, that's yeah. a snooty thing. That's an intellectual thing. Yeah. That's all the... These weren't like smart jokes about right. Voltaire or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, I, I thought that that was like a little bit... Uh, I, I didn't completely agree with that. All right. Tom. Yeah. Wrap it up. Come on. Uh, and then he, he just talks about Titanic, yeah. which I thought was a little boring too. Cause he talks about like how weird it is that Leonardo DiCaprio became like a big star. He's like, yeah, there were, there were, there were talents. There were, there were <laughs> actors that opened well, movies in the fifties and you were watching it cause Oh, Marlon Brando was yeah. like, oh, he was playing a character, but everybody knew like, oh, I'm going to see it because it's Marlon. Well, Brando. and also I thought this was another case of Closerman being 10 years older than us and not being as tuned in where he's like all he was in before, like the biggest thing he was in before was Romeo and Juliet. It's like that was a huge movie for yeah. teenagers. Like, exactly. And, and, and you didn't even like, mention fucking growing pains. <laughs> But but I mean with with Romeo and Juliet it's like yeah that movie got a huge following and then three years later those people were diehard fans of his already yeah and went and saw this movie a million times like he makes it sound like his Leo's uh, stardom came out of nowhere more than it was like nah it was growing and like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, it wasn't a huge movie, but to the people it was important to, that insane fandom of him was already there. Right. And then it just grew from this. Like, I I remember as a teenager seeing that coming of like, oh, he, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio's in this movie. It's going to do huge just based on that alone because of how many people are obsessed with Romeo and Juliet because of him. Yeah. McConaughey was uh, casting it. Yeah. Nope. Flop. I also thought it was a little shitty that he was like, ah, the movie still would have been as big if uh, what's her name wasn't in it. Kate Winslet. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. She's pretty fucking famous. And that was where she's not Leo. No, She's but, doing TV now, Tom. But Fuck I would ar- I would argue that some people would argue that she's a better actor. I'm sure. Oh, of course she is. Like she's certainly she's had, an Oscar winner. Yeah, and I like mean, Chuck Closerman pointed that out. He's yeah. like, yeah, the, of course her acting is better. She was nominated right. for an Academy Award and he wasn't. But like, but that's I not. Think, it's not about acting. But it's not I think about the, the the people that were going to see Titanic ten times in a row. They were obsessed with the chemistry between the two of them. So I think I think the idea that he could replace her is a little uh I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I also like that uh he was just like if you looked at a page of the script of Titanic <laughs> yeah. or Star Wars, you'd be like, eh, this movie's a piece dumbest of shit. shit I've ever read. Um and then in the next little mini chapter, it was the one that I actually liked, which is about how uh People were upset with um, the Phantom Menace. Yeah. And it was because when you were 10 years old when Star Wars came out, <laughs> and you were 32 when Episode One came out. Um, Sorry, there's uh, I've called the police on you. <laughs> uh, 
you're you're judging right. something that you're seeing as an adult against something you've loved as a kid. They're both equally as stupid. Yeah, you're less stupid. <laughs> right. Well, and that's what I thought. Uh, I, just the other day, the trailer for Obi Wan Kenobi, the new Disney Plus series, came out, and it was using all music from the prequel trilogy, and it's like, yeah. George Lucas was 100% right where he's like 10 year olds will love this and by the time they're 30 we'll be able to sell it back to them (laughs) and And they'll be upset with it and then they're fucking kids right now yeah we'll uh, love that Obi-Wan and it won't be what they wanted and yeah yeah. I I mean the prequel trilogy is like gone through a renaissance I think of like especially after like the J.J. Abrams Star Wars movies where people were like well, at least this guy had a fucking idea. Where <laughs> yeah. It might have been boring as hell and stupid, but at least he had this thought out. Like, I don't know. George Lucas couldn't have done anything better. He had nothing to do with it, but he couldn't have done anything better for his legacy than hire J.J. Abrams to make these, <laughs> make these movies afterwards. So then he could be like, oh, my movies weren't so bad, were they? You thought anybody could make these. Yeah. Um. Nothing aged more poorly than Patton Oswalt's uh, bit from like 2007 about murder, going back in time and murdering George Lucas oh, so he I, couldn't make the the prequels. I don't and think like, I remember Especially that. in terms of like what Patton Oswalt is all about right now, yeah, which is yeah. just like, let people enjoy the things that yeah, they like. Yeah. And him just being like, yeah, which I brings will up, murder I, George Lucas with a fucking shovel. <laughs> Uh, and we got to wrap this up, so I'll, I'll just say this, but that made me think a lot about, um, uh, how, how many people, this new Boba Fett series that came out that was like, all right at best. I didn't like most of it, uh, um, when I watched it, but so many people were like that, that speech that Patton Oswalt gave in, uh, Parks and Recreation, like we edited it together with the beginning of the Boba Fett series. And like, look, he talks about like a hand reaches out from the Sarlacc pit. And it was like, yeah, cause that shit had happened in the extended universe. Like he didn't come up with that. He was regurgitating He's stuff. Riffing. Yeah. And like, it was funny, but like, I don't no, know. I just so saw some things this. trying to be like, they ripped him off and it's like, all right, fucking relax. Everybody. These aren't. There's no new ideas. These aren't crazy ideas that the guy who we assume died because he fell in a sarlacc pit. That the first time we would see him next would be him crawling out of that pit. (laughs) You kind of. I mean, even in the show when they did it, it was like, it was like a flashback, and it's like, well, we have to show because everybody (laughs) thought he was dead. We have to show how he got out of there. Tom, Mm -hmm. I did. A lot of people sounded off in the comments. Yeah. Wanted to get to it. Not going to get to it, but unspoiled. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Commented a very long and thoughtful comment. Yeah, I saw um, that. Basically, uh, uh, agreeing with me, but also taking issue with a lot of the things that I said. Disagreeing with me, me <laughs> on a lot of things. I was kidding about gatekeeping being good. Uh-huh. I understand that, like, the local news <laughs> and news broadcast can't be trusted to, like, keep the police in check. Um, and also um, understanding that the internet has uh, has uh, enabled things, communities yes. that uh, are are not 
uh, super represented to mm-hmm. find each other as a cis white heterosexual male. Um, the world bends to my will, and I don't have to go seek people like me. Um, and some people do. I wow. understand that. You heard it. You heard it here first. Uh, Tim said. Uh, anybody that stands in between him becoming a god, <laughs> <laughs> we are going the to world become gods. Bends to his will, he says. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. Good point. And what I meant yeah. about the gatekeeping is more like, uh, fact checking in news sources. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I give you a, a lot of pushback about gatekeeping. Yeah. I thought you were wrong. I yeah. still think you're wrong about most things, about almost everything you've ever said. Yeah, I know. I'm very progressive, I think. Uh... <laughs> you're very progressive <laughs> as far as I think there should be more people I think there charge. should be more <laughs> fact-checking uh, in uh, news. Yes, sure. But not in the way that, like, eh, you know what I mean. I don't know. I don't have the answers. <laughs> I like. I want to go back to... Wow. Uh, 1996, where I was 14 years old and powerless, and uh, didn't know or care about most things. Wow, you heard it! You heard it here first. Tim wants to be a god, but no responsibility. Mm-hmm. Don't we all? Well, it's a hell of a god. Thank you for being patrons. We love you very much. Sound off at the comments. We'll yeah. See. Ya. Yeah, I'm loving the comments. Yeah, and we'll address them next week if we can keep this to under fucking four hours next week. <laughs> Um, we'll see you next week.